Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. If you want to hear something or from someone on this podcast, feel free to let me know on Twitter at BWWMATT. Today, I talked to SB Nation's Director of Recruiting, Bud Elliott. We discuss how the transition from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day has impacted Ohio State's recruiting, the players he is most excited about in the Buckeyes 2020 class, and what current freshmen could have an impact on the field for Ohio State this season. We also discussed the biggest addition to Ohio State's roster this year, Justin Fields. Bud is a fantastic resource, so if you don't already, give him a follow on Twitter at BudElliott3. That's B-U-D-E-L-L-I-O-T-T, then the number three. But fair warning, in addition to recruiting, there's a lot of Florida State content in his feed, so follow accordingly. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Bud Elliott. After a, a bit of a slow start, things have been pretty exciting uh, for Ohio State fans over the summer on the recruiting front. Ryan Day has picked up, I think, 15 commitments just since May 31st, and that's just uh, in the 2020 class. He's gotten, I think, two or three more from 2021 during that time as well. How has Day and his staff, in a fairly short amount of time, been able to keep Ohio State in the mix on some of these major recruits across the country, despite the fact that no one's really ever seen him coach a single play of his own team. He had those three games when Meyer was suspended last year, but it, that was still Meyer's team. What what has he been able to do to keep some of these big four and five star guys interested in the Buckeyes? Uh, well, so this is actually a really good question, and and the timing of this interview really couldn't be better because I, I was at yeah. IMG Media Day yesterday, and, oh, I, and cool. I spoke I spoke to a, a legend, Cavazos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the four star safety who's at IMG, he was uh, he was in San Antonio and I know he, he grew up in Dallas. He's actually uh, um, DeMarcus Ware's uh, godson. Oh, OK. I, I didn't believe, know that. Uh, of, of the Cowboys, because his uh, I think his dad coached or played with Ware at, at, at some point. Um, and his dad was a coach at Dallas Carter. So his dad had known Urban when Urban used to uh, used to recruit Dallas Carter, which is a, a, obviously a pretty famous school in the pantheon of, of high school sports. But you know, I said, legend, what, what was it about Ryan day and his approach that, uh, um, that caused you to, to recommit. Right. And he said, well, and, and I mean, I want to give the whole story away here on the show, but I think it's a really good tease <laughs> and, and, and it's pretty insightful. He said, look, this is days, not that much different from urban, right? He has a little bit more personal approach than, than urban does. Um, he said, urban is more, like mostly serious and then a little bit kind of let down funny. Whereas day is more like 50, 50, right? Um, he said, they're both relentless textures, uh, but they, they do text a, a little, they do text a little bit different. They both use like the shorthand that the kids use, you know, you instead of you and all that kind of stuff. Um, despite the fact that day's younger, uh, legends that you really can't tell in, in text message form that, that day's actually younger, uh, than, than urban. Um, that constant communication has, has been a really big thing for him. And for, for a guy like legend, of course, it, having the blessing of urban, um, you know, and there's clearly a pretty big split between what a lot of folks feel about urban and what the kids urban was committing or, yeah. or recruiting feel about urban. And I, I don't think we need to get into that really. Uh, they loved urban and, uh, urban was basically uh, legend compared it to, 
what happened in Oklahoma, where Lincoln Riley took over for uh, for Bob Stoops. Now the timing is a little bit different, but the handpicked successor uh, is is not that different. Um, you know, both are, are sort of offensive geniuses, and having Urban's blessing was was really big for Legend. Uh, he, he said, and I, I think that's big for a couple kids in the class, uh, you know, who were, if not committed, still pretty seriously into Ohio State uh, at, at the time. Like, you know, like Luke, right? Uh, the, the, the uh, God, what's his name? Blap, blap. Last name. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him at the Under Armour check-in back in January. He, you know, he was already committed. Uh, you know, G. Scott was not already committed, but he was like being recruited pretty hard by Ohio State. So I think for some of these guys, it was it was the continuity. Um, you know, the ability to, to get away from home, but yet still get to a place where you feel like family. That was another thing legend told me. He's like, it, it just, it does feel like family up there. They do a good job fostering that family culture. He actually told me that he thought Ryan day kind of not cared about him as a person more, but was more interested in him as a person and didn't seem to be quite as like on, you, you know what I mean? Like, like you know yeah. how some guys are just on, right. Almost like they're genuine. in a mode. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I, I think that was a big thing, and, and just you know the numbers for the offensive guys, at least uh, that Ohio State put up with with Day running the offense, were uh, were were pretty special, and I, I think that resonated. Defensively, <laughs> the defensive backs uh, they really like uh, uh, with with Hefley. It, he's doing a a really good job. That that's the name that I hear for the most part with the defensive players. With whom they they connect. Uh, offensively, the I mean, their receivers coach is is an absolute beast on the recruiting trail. Mark Pantoni is is still kind of the the straw that, that stirs the drink there, and I've known him since he was at Florida. You know, being a, a guy down here in the state of Florida myself, and and he's always sort of strived to be on the cutting edge and and doing the newest things and communicating, with, making sure his staff communicates with the kids. And uh, you know he has great contacts, so I, I, they're doing a, a, a really nice job. They're putting together a class that, you know, obviously with Clemson might maybe putting together the best class in the history of recruiting. Um, that's going to be a little bit tough to catch, but yeah, they're they're going to be right there in contention in that sort of like two, three, four slot, which is where you want to be with, you know, Bama, Georgia, Clemson, and and maybe a few others contending for it. Yeah, it, and what's interesting about that is it did seem like the front half of this class was loaded with offensive talent. And maybe that has to do with the continuity of keeping Ryan day on staff, but replacing almost the entirety of the defensive staff. It seems like once they got to know Jeff Halfley a little bit and got to see what the plans were for the defense, some of these guys like Clark Phillips, the third um, and uh, Lathan ransom, they felt a little more comfortable after they got, to know them is that what kind of what you're sensing from this even though you were on paternity leave for a while yes yeah yeah for sure exactly you know and even i, I talked to elias ricks yesterday right who mm -hmm. uh at lsu you know, is, is committed to lsu right he's now at img i, I think in, in, an, in an effort to be able to enroll early uh and he was at modern day out there in la um and he said you know like i said so you, know, you try to get these kids not trick them but you try to basically get them to say like a little little more insightful stuff i said all right Belichick retires. The Patriots hire Ed Orgeron right before signing day. What what's your backup school? The school you you know you'd be comfortable going to if you had if you had to flip. He's like, all right, Ohio State or or, or USC. And, and the USC connection was obvious. Modern day sure. kind of kids to USC. Uh, but but he said, you know, just Coach Hefley, I feel like does a really good job. He connects with me. He he cares about me and uh, and, and his track record with with corners and and big corners is uh, is really strong. 
So that was uh, that was a, a pretty good endorsement of him by a kid who's not actually, uh, you know, committed to, to Ohio State. But your point about taking longer for the kids to warm up heavily than than day because of the side of the ball and the lack of continuity, I, I think, is well made. Um, for sure. I, and they're getting some kids that I, I really like, you know, like you mentioned Clark. I, I've seen Phillips for, for three years now. So I go out to California a couple of times a year. Um, man, he's not like the tallest kid. Yeah. And, and, and I, in some ways that might limit his ceiling a little bit. I, I don't know what, what they've measured him at. In my head, he's probably like five, nine and a half. Um, yeah, I think he's, they've got him at like five, ten and a half, which is probably with cleats. Yeah, it's okay. So here at the opening, they gave him five ten. I mean that that might be rounded. And anyway, like he's not like one of these kids who's like just shy of six foot, but he's pretty jacked for a small guy, for for a shorter guy. Uh, his stop start is excellent. He, he's there's so many teams playing playing this much spread now. Uh, Michigan's going more spread. Obviously, Penn State is already there, just within Ohio State's own division. Having a guy who can be really aggressive and uh, and and play at that level in in the slot. For, as your nickel is is really valuable or guy you know who, who can cover that much space in the field with the way the hashes are in college football um, having a guy you can leave on an island and in the field is is really valuable uh, because it allows you to and, and a lot of a lot of quarterbacks in college can't make the throw over to the field yeah you know it's one of the things that makes Trevor Lawrence so ridiculous is is <laughs> you actually have to defend the field whereas most college defense coordinators are much more worried about the boundary because it's, it's a shorter and easier throw. I I like Clark a whole lot, and I really like the kid they got yesterday or two days ago. Now, uh, Court Williams, man, uh, he was like the number one linebacker I know on several college teams' boards. That's good. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Really, really athletic kid. I'm trying to see what he tested out here. I I don't have my numbers in front of me. but So he ran 4.6 at the opening, 4.09 shuttle. That's really nice. He he averted 39.30. I don't love those opening verts because they use those uh, like the jump mats. Have you seen that? Yeah, the, rather than the like ruler right. type things that they hit. and you can you can game those. And I wasn't there because obviously I was, I was on paternity leave, so I, I didn't see the jump. But that is consistent with what I had thought about court. Really impressive kid, but also like off the field, I think his intangibles are are off the charts. Smart guy, right? Gets ball extremely competitive. I. I think he's one of the better players in in Ohio State's class, and is is rated as like one of the bottom in the bottom half. I, I would I would have him more in like the top third of this class, and, and I think that's saying a lot considering the you know the quality of talent Ohio State has right now. Yeah, what's interesting to me is that a couple times you've mentioned the quality of player uh, and the quality of person, and the fact that maybe. Ryan Day seems a little more interested in these players as individuals. And that's something that actually Urban Meyer has preached the entire time he was in Columbus and really focused on with his real life Wednesday sessions and all this stuff here inside the Ohio State bubble. Every time someone commits, it's almost inevitable that they'll mention that life after football was something that brought them to Columbus because that was a focus of not just the coaching staff, but the program as a whole. When you're talking to these kids, whether it's for Ohio State or, or not, because obviously Ohio State's not the only team that does stuff like the Real Life Wednesdays and internship programs and all this stuff, but how much has that become a, a focus in recruiting itself and not just on the players looking at the schools, but for the programs themselves to sell? Like you said, you know, it, it's a copycat sport. So 
it is probably hard harder now to sell that than it was maybe five, 10 years ago when not every program was doing that. Now, pretty much every program is doing that. There, people don't know this, but there, there are conferences out there for DPPs, you know, Director of Player Personnel, and they all go. Uh, there's there's AFCA. There's um, the American, you know, the American Football Coach Association conference in, in San Antonio. I think this year it's in Nashville. There are conferences out there for for you know DFOs, Director of Football Ops. They all want to brag and and show what they're doing so they can get hired yeah, to even better jobs. <laughs> and everybody yeah. copies each other. Right now, I think it's more it's less about. You want to be able to accentuate the positives so that you don't get negatively recruited for not having those positives. Sure. Ten years ago, if you had an indoor practice facility in the South, that was a pretty big deal. Nowadays, it's not a big deal. It's only a big deal if you don't have one. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it, you're trying to uh, steal the thunder from anybody who might be uh, using your negatives to uh, to recruit against you. Like like airbags with cars. Yeah. Right? 20, 20 years ago... <laughs> That was a that was a pretty cool feature. Now it's only notable if your if your car doesn't have them. Yeah. Um, but it, there's no doubt that Ohio State, I I think, and I do give Urban some credit for this. I I do think that he was trying to recruit a better quality of person in his second time around there at at Ohio State, uh, following what happened at Florida. And you know, obviously, I'm a Florida State grad, so people will think I'm biased in this, but. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that came out and there's a whole lot of stuff that didn't come out that if you could actually prove it, prove it, and people would go on the record, it would probably look even worse. Um, and he got out kind of at the right time, uh, in Gainesville. And there's no doubt that I think he was trying to do, at least in the recruiting side of things, they were trying to be a little bit more selective about, about who they would take. Clearly the, you know, the Zach Smith situation is some people would probably say, Hey, he should have done this a little bit better. Uh, with his own coaches, but I can't really speak to that. I cover recruiting, right? So uh, recruiting on the recruiting side, he, he was, I think, trying to take a better quality of kid. Yeah, I live in Orlando, just just to, to put that in perspective. Oh, me well. too. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I hear about just as much uh, a lot of that th stuff as you probably, not nearly as much as you, but every time I wear something Ohio State related, I have somebody stop me and complain about Urban Meyer. So uh, I'm there with you. So um you mentioned uh, Court Williams and Clark Phillips. Is there anybody else from this group that maybe might not be in that five-star range or high four-star guys that you think could pop, maybe not right away, but could end up having some value for Ohio State moving forward that maybe the fans aren't necessarily thinking of as being at the top of the class right now? Yeah. Uh, so there's a kid named Josh Fryer. He's out of Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually not sure where Beach Grove is in, in Indiana, but I've seen him at a couple couple school camps uh, over the past couple of years, he's a dude who has always had a very athletic athletic build and it was kind of skinnier. Uh, now he's really started to fill out. <laughs> uh, they have him as a guard. If, if Josh Fryer keeps growing, I think he could be a potential tackle for them. I mean, if he's already six five and a half, three oh five, that guard designation. I don't know when that was put on him. Maybe a couple of years ago when, when people first noticed him for the recruiting sites, he did look more like, like a guard because he was probably like six, three, but at that new height is accurate. Uh, I've been very impressed every time I've seen him. He has good body control, uh, good natural aggressiveness and a dude who just really had no bad weight on him. just continue to put on good weight. N not that you can't be athletic and play guard, certainly. Uh, but uh, tackle is a more premium position typically. And, and I think he might have the potential to, to play up if you will, which, which would be really good. So I, I do like him. 
I wish I were these uh, the kind of lower rated guys. Ohio State just doesn't have very many three stars, right? Like this is kind of yeah. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's it's a good pr- good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. Um, I obviously I like Cody Simon, but everybody likes Cody yeah. Simon. Um, you notice in the, the the backers they're taking are not like super tall, and I wonder if that is a reaction to how much spread you're seeing across the country. Obviously, Mitchell Melton is is six three two thirty five, but um. I mean, with that kind of profile, he could easily grow into a more of a rush end type. Is Ohio State going to a three four? I don't think that we really know a ton about any defensive changes right now. I would imagine that they're not, but okay. they're, they're, what they're talking about is using what they're calling a bullet position, which is kind of like a hybrid linebacker defensive back to kind of. Uh, rush a little bit more. So sure. I, I don't know how they're going to fix that in exactly, but they did talk about someone like Court Williams, who, like we said, committed yesterday at six one two sixteen, could fit what they're looking for yes. from that you know, bullet he was position. A safety. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so so Court was a safety uh, for a while. Um, obviously, play, he's a guy who I would expect to play early, too, um, and, and, and contribute early. I, man, I... I yeah. <laughs> It's hard to complain about a kid's ranking who is, you know, out like 162 in the nation or, or I think <laughs> 247 has him at 200. But, uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, and there are some programs in that area who are very picky, like extremely picky, in my opinion, over picky about character and, and competitive temperament and all that kind of stuff when they do the recruiting. Um, and I know they loved him. It's good to hear. Good to hear. So, well, yeah. you, uh, I'll, I'm going to transition this from the guys that Ohio State is currently recruiting or has recently committed to guys that they've recently committed that are now on campus. You mentioned that Court Williams, you think, could potentially play early. And even though the 2019 recruiting class was a bit weird for the Buckeyes because of the coaching change, and they didn't have as many scholarships to offer as they normally do, they did get some pretty big name guys in the class, Zach Harrison, Garrett Wilson, Harry Miller, um, and some other nice four-star players. Obviously, it's very rare if ever happens that you get a true freshman to start at a place like Ohio State or a Big Ten school or any top-line you know, uh, program. But is there anybody from that group, either those three guys that I mentioned or somebody else that you think could come in and contribute right away and potentially even maybe push for a starting position later on in the season if some injuries pop up or something? Sure. So I I, I guess I'll just run down this list. I've seen a lot of these dudes. Uh, with Harrison, I wouldn't project him to play early, but I'm not going to be so dumb as to say he can't play early, right? Like you'd be an idiot to write off that level of talent yeah. as far as playing early. The Like the refined skills were not there yet the last time I saw him when he was going up against elite kids at the opening. I, I know he had – he was injured part of his senior season, right? Correct. Yeah. He sat out yeah. for part of his, uh, I think the front half of his uh, high school season. Um, so, you know, that, that probably is not a positive for development, but long-term the ceiling is off the charts. Garrett Wilson is, is a guy who, if you, if you can learn the routes, to, he got in for spring, I believe. He did. So uh, his, his leaping ability is some of the best I've seen. I mean, I've been doing this for a decade. Uh, it is just off the charts. I like Harry Miller. I, I don't know what their plans are for him early on, but he, he's a kid with really good competitive temperament. Jamison Williams is you ever see those receivers that just kind of it feels like their feet like aren't touching the ground, not because they're going super fast, but just because they're almost like floating. Yeah. You know, like Terrell that, Pryor is someone we yes. talked about that a lot with uh, when he was at Ohio State. Yeah. Williams has really good uh, 
really good like off the line release quickness. I, I think he is pretty skinny, so he'll need to um, he'll need to bulk up a little bit and and, and work on work on getting off press a, a bit. Um, oh, hey, there's a kid named Marcus Crowley who's a, a I think he's a three star or yeah. maybe had him at four at the end. He killed it in seven on seven, man. Like there's uh, the Jacksonville Pro Impact team, and I know uh, Ohio State has landed some kids off. He was their best receiver for a lot of the year. Hmm. Um, really natural catching the football. I, know, I was impressed by him. The one kid here that I wanted to see in person I never got to see was Dewan Jones. But he was kind of the talk of recruiting down the stretch last year. Not as far as like an early impact dude, but long-term, uh, high-ceiling type guy. Yeah, he's a big, big kid. He's only I think they've only got him as a three-star guy out of Indianapolis. But at 6'8", 360, if they can work on that a little bit, he's got the build to be an impact guy on that offensive line. One thing just going down this, the dudes they sign, they play hard. Like almost to a man, it's just it, it, it's good. Like guys who who like ball and and, and play hard. That's uh, another good thing to have in a recruiting class. So, um, I'll I'll wrap it up with this. There's one guy who is new to Ohio State that is probably going to play early, but Ohio State fans have never really seen save for the spring game, and we don't exactly know what to expect from him. But the anticipation to see him on the field is huge for Buckeye fans, and that's Justin Fields. Obviously, he's a kid from down south, uh, where both you and I are, um, and he got some time to play for Georgia last year, but not a ton. Do you have any insight as to what the Buckeyes can expect from him and what the fans can expect from him in terms of talent? Are there any comparisons as to any guys who he plays like, anything like that? Every time I saw him, he killed it. You know, uh, I saw him, I think, first in the Orlando, uh, it was the Orlando Nike camp before his senior year. I thought he was the best quarterback there. There are a lot of other dudes there who are in the media. Not all. Some of them, some of them knew what they were looking at, but some of them we're like, oh, I think this kid's really good, and this kid's really good. I'm like, yeah, that kid went D2. Uh, that, that, that's, you know, and this kid's the number one kid in the country. Uh, or number two, I guess, to Trevor. Yeah. He's kind of like a a jumbo Russell Wilson. <laughs> okay. As, as far as, that. like, yeah. top end, right? Yeah. I will say that he's not played, like, that much football, you know, and, and he needs more reps in pads. In the seven-on stuff, I was very impressed because – He's not a dude who played a ton of seven-on-seven seven simply because he also played baseball. Um, but yet when he got in there and he played the seven-on-seven seven stuff, he did extremely well. And and like I, I think a fresh start for him will work. Obviously, uh, Day is, is pretty tight with his quarterback coach, I believe. Yeah. And uh, he'll, he'll, that, that probably helped facilitate the, uh, the, the, the transfer destination. Um, but like everybody loved him. He's – competitive kid really uh, I think when you see him in person like like without pads on like you see you see him in in, in the spandex gear he's big he, he's a thick dude he's gonna be difficult to sack and I, I don't know why Georgia didn't let him throw the ball a little more last year that that was a little confusing to me and I don't know maybe he struggled in practice or something and was a guy who was rated that highly due to due to upside more than instant impact ability and I just I don't know how much development he got last year or or didn't get at Georgia, uh, but long term I think he'll be really good for Ohio State. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Short term it, it's hard to project, but he's he's shown the ability, the, the top end ability to do that. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. If you are finding the show on the site, make sure that you subscribe in order to get all of the ever-expanding LGHL Podcast Universe offerings, including this show, The Mothership, Hang Out in the Holy Land with Patrick and Colton, our new State Secrets Recruiting Show, and Outside the Shoe, our OSU Non-Revenue Sports Podcast. Don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33 and on Facebook by looking up Land Grant Holy Land. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Bucks.